0: Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to Coffee with Humans, live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends with my new friend, Rebecca. Welcome to Coffee with Humans, Rebecca.
1: Thank you Jason. Thank you.
0: So uh I'm in Chicago area. You said you were where?
1: California. Northern
0: California. Cali- Northern California.
1: Yes. All
0: right. That's Definitely. cool. We've got we've got listeners and viewers all over the place and certainly those folks from California as well. So uh we'll will for the home we'll, we'll for the home team something oh, like that.
1: Golden State. Yeah. But, there
0: you go. But, so well, I don't know a whole sure. lot about uh,
1: the cost of living, but yes, for the home state.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, our taxes are high here. So I don't know. It's, there's, I'm, I'm, I feel like there might, it might be no perfect place. I, I don't know.
1: It's perfect weather, well, though.
0: Yeah. You do have some really great weather. Ours is yeah. a little bit humid this time of year. And, uh, and now it's mid 80s, uh, something like that. And it'll go up to high 80s soon. And then it'll, will peak at probably a hundred degrees or something like that throughout the summertime in high, high humidity, it which is good. no fun at all. No,
1: no, no. This is dry heat, like the dry heat.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you on here. I, I do have a question for you though. What, why did you choose to click the button to have coffee with me?
1: Um, I've been connecting with my network actually Connected with you on LinkedIn, and so I've been I've been connecting with my network. And when I looked you up, this is what popped up, and I was I looked at it and thought this sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. So any <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm like I'm oh,
0: in. <laughs> okay, well I hope I hope to deliver on this a lot of fun thing. That's good. So what what uh why what is it about your personality that would suggest that this would be a lot of fun? Like why would you want to engage in this type of platform?
1: Um. Well, I like getting to know people. First of all, I like, I like connecting with new people. The more I do it, the more I enjoy it. And I've met so many awesome people over the last year or so that I've been doing a lot more connecting online and so forth. It's funny. Cause I tell my teenagers don't connect with people online. You don't know who you <laughs> will And so then it's like, just a minute. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in the room for a little while. I'm connecting with somebody I don't know online.
0: Yeah. Right. You don't, you don't know me from anybody.
1: Exactly, but it's it's been some really awesome opportunities to meet people, and this was just a different a different opportunity, a different type of meeting. I was like, well, that's that interesting because you don't really, you know, we haven't gotten to know each other at all, and don't really Mm -hmm. don't know anything about each other other than probably what we've seen on profiles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like well that's kind of unique. Now let's go for it. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: So you, when you first signed up, um, the the system asked you a handful of questions, and I do for our viewers and listeners. I do no research uh, on anybody who signs up for Coffee with Humans intentionally. I I love to go into this. I love to go into these conversations knowing as little as possible because the unfolding, it's like a, it's like unwrapping like a bo- <laughs> what, what was it? Well, Forrest Gump who talked about life is like a box of chocolates. Well, Coffee with Humans is like a box of chocolates too, because I don't like. We That's just scary. start reeling <laughs> away. <laughs> exactly. Scary box. <laughs> yes, it's going to yeah. be great though. So uh-huh. you, you uh, talked about this title. I asked you what a title should be for today's talk right before the broadcast. I said, "What's on your mind?" And, and you, you had originally answered the thing that was on your mind was maintaining, um, maintaining relationships at the speed of life, mm-hmm. which is a. It's an interesting topic to me um, because it, it does it almost represents extremes, it seems like relationships are slow to evolve, at least for me, uh, and un- unfold. And then life just seems to be just cranking along. So what's why is this topic on your mind?
1: Well, life is about the little moments. You know, we, we look at life as being, you know, the big things, you know, oh, it's when I get the degree, it's when I, you know, I'm able to retire, it's when I'm able to do all these, you know, when I make my first million, whatever, you know, it's all about these big moments that we're always talking mm-hmm. about, you know, but it's actually the everyday that's, the, that's life. You know, we, we forget that the things we consider routine or mundane even, that's, that's life. And it's it's not life is boring. I think the the everyday moments are the most exciting moments because without those everyday moments, you never have your big moments. And in those moments, that's when you have the opportunity to build those relationships. It's connecting with people over coffee. It's it's connecting with your you know like in my in my situations connecting with my husband one on one. You know, taking a walk down the bike trail in our in our local area. You know, it's sitting down with my kids and, you know, working through a, a, a issue they're having or just talking through a conversation or listening to one of their stories, you know, that it's those little moments that make up life. So, yeah, relationships are all about the moments of life.
0: So the idea of maintaining at the speed of life, um, life does move. I mean, life moves fast. It's, do you feel like life moves fast because we are constantly searching for that next that next big moment and we're just like s- kind of skating in between we just ignore or forget or screen out the things in between
1: um i think it, i think it goes too fast because of well there's several factors kind of in my opinion i think the first one is that it it you know we were so based you know we're so fast-paced anyway the the life is fast paced you know it's the next Apple product. It's the next this. It's the next that. And yeah, you got to get in line. And you got to do all this stuff. You know, or get online anymore um, to get all this stuff. And you, you're just the next, 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 next thing. And yeah, I think we get lost in in looking at the next thing that we forget about what's right here, right now. You know? It's, yeah. The, you know, the, I, sit down the idea and, of
0: living in the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Forget to live in the moment. I, I'm I'm guilty of it. I, I I have to remind myself. Hey, wait a minute. You know you. It, you've been here all day and you haven't seen your kid, you know, and my kids are big. So it's not like a, you know, it's not like a crying baby I haven't seen all day, but it's like, you know, all day long, you know, they've got jobs and so forth, but it's like, there's no excuse. We live in the same house for us to not see each other all day long when we're in the same, we're in the same four walls. <laughs> it's like life is just, there's no excuse to be that busy. That's, that's my thing is I tell myself, you know, there's, if you're that busy, you're too busy and it's time to cut some things out. It's time to live life in the moment and be in those important relationships. Cause at the end of the day, only thing that matters to me is, you know, my, my faith first and foremost, my, my husband and my kids. I mean, that's just, that's the most important things in my life. So why am I not taking those moments to invest?
0: So why do you think that people don't take those moments to invest? And what makes you, what, what, uh, you, you had mentioned right before the broadcast that you're a relationship coach. Mm-hmm. for uh, for a profession so you you kind of it seems to me just going out on a limb here that you probably see this mm-hmm. and work and work with people through this so what what in your experience what leads to people not taking those moments
1: um overwhelm a lot of times they're pulled in so many different directions a lot of times i'm i'm working with you know like a a, a mother who's got teenagers. And, you know, teenagers, if, if you have any experience at all, are very, shall we say, demanding. And they can be a, you know, they can cause a lot of chaos just by their, you know, reactions and actions and, and conversations. They can cause the peace in your home to go a little sideways. Um, and so, well, it, I think a lot of times, you know, as, as a parent, you get overwhelmed by the things, you know, when they were little. You know, like I'll just take my kids. And I says, you know, my little kid was, you know, when she was little, you know, I just scoop her up, and you know, she says says no to me. I scoop her up and put her, you know, go take a bath. No, we pick her up and put her in the bath. You know, now I tell her, you know, not going tell her to take a bath, but I mean, tell her go clean your room. And she just kind of looks at me like, oh, really? You know, I can't pick her up. She's bigger than I am. You know, I can't pick her up and go go clean your room. And so we get overwhelmed with the things that we really can't control. That we work so hard to to keep steady, to keep, you know, keep that peace, keep all those things. And and then life comes in and then, you know, you have the kids that are going crazy. And then you have the, you know, at the age where I am, which is twenty five. Um but you have Me too. (laughs) You have the the age where your parents are starting to begin to fail in their health. And so then you have, you know, we were just talking about your dad beforehand, right? And it's like, he's, he's doing things that probably didn't, do. he was he wasn't cleaning his glass. It wasn't worried about cleaning his glasses when he was 25, right? He was, you know, it was a different, it was a time frame a different frame So, you know, you got this, you got kids going here, you got parents going here, you got a career that's pulling you this way. You've got, you know, society telling you, you have to be this way. You have all these pressures. You're trying to maintain a marriage. You're trying to, you know, and at the end, it's like, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, did I feed the dog? You know, did, did I remember to feed the dog? And so it's like overwhelmed. overwhelm. So it's like, well, how do you take the time when you just don't even have time to catch your breath? And so I think a lot of times that's what I see is there's just so much overwhelm that there's no time to make unless you make it. So.
0: Yeah. There there are, like, there are some key words that stand out in my mind you know, as, as we're talking about this, this. One, I think, is the idea of achievement that we, at least in a Western society, it seems we're programmed or, have, or program ourselves or something to achieve, which which sort of um, sets up, it reprioritizes our life. This idea for I have to achieve something reprioritizes or deprioritizes in a lot of cases, some of these things which over the long haul are probably more important than those moments of achievement. Um, the other thing is this, I, I, the other word that comes to my mind is consumption, because we are so programmed also to consume as much stuff, which means we need to maintain, which is my other thought, but it's like, we get into this maintenance cycle of like I need to maintain all of this stuff, so that I can consume all of this stuff, and I need to achieve all of this stuff. You're and in the and in the meantime, exactly right. And and in the meantime, we lose, um, we lose a bit of patience. I know. I it was it's funny. It's just an interesting conversation because uh, it was probably a year ago or something like that. I was talking to my therapist, and she says, "Jace, I want you to um, live th- for this week or whatever you're doing." She says, I want you to live in the moment. And I said, okay, I know what words you're saying. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what it feels like sometimes. And most of the time, I don't know what it feels like because my mind tends to move to the next thing or over process sometimes the moment to try and figure out like, is this, like, how is this going to work out instead of just staying present to the experience and having a bit of trust and patience that, if we stay present to those experiences and just take care of today, that tomorrow works itself out. That's, that's sometimes how I've, how I've become lost in, in, you know, moving, moving too fast and just gaining through my life. Like, where did it, where did it go sometimes? And I've achieved, I've achieved in some ways I've achieved a lot. Um, But I've missed a lot of moments too, and wasn't present as much as I, as much as I could be now having learned of. Learned a bit more about staying present.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's funny how you can see things. You can see, you see there are different, you see there are different looking glass, basically at how you could have done things. But I, I was actually told a piece of advice. I think it was my husband actually that 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 said this. And he said, you're judging yourself what you did then by what you know now. And you can't do that because you didn't know to do it then you know, to do it now, but you didn't know to do it then. And so it's, it's learning to give even myself grace. When he said that, I was like, wow, epic, you know, cause it, it's just, you're right. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than I was a few years ago. And I see things differently than I did then through life experience and through, you know, through learning and growing myself that I didn't know back then. I didn't, I didn't know to do better. So I didn't do better. Now I know to do better. So I'm doing, try, or at least trying to do better. And I think that's where it is, is you can't beat yourself up over, man, I wish I would have lived in those moments. Yeah, there's opportunities I missed for sure. Oh my goodness. I look back sometimes on my life and go, what were you thinking? You know, I was thinking I was raising four kids and I was trying to maintain a home. And I, you know, I, you know, we have here, we have chickens, we have cats, we have dogs, you know, it's like a, it's like a little farm. And it's like, here, I'm trying to raise all these kids and all these animals and all this other stuff. I didn't have time to think. (laughs) What were you thinking? I wasn't, I was, I was surviving.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on.
1: Mm-hmm. i always. And so you have to kind of pull yourself back and get a little bit different perspective sometimes, cause I don't want to continue just surviving. I want to, I want to start thriving. That's like my goal right now is don't just survive, but thrive. Just, you know, keep, keep moving forward, keep growing, keep moving forward. Keep, you know, building others up along the way, keep taking advantage of those moments. Yeah, It's all part of
0: it. It seems to me also that the, there's a necessity of having these experiences. It's, a, it's almost impossible to, um, to shift life or change life or recognize sometimes the, the, you know, this idea of, let's say living in the moment, it's impossible to recognize that. And I think until we've not lived in the moment and, and then reprocess, you know, reprocess our histories in some ways and go, okay, wait a second, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. We it seems that there's a bit of patience that has to be developed for the process of learning how to navigate.
1: A lot of prescriptions, a lot of patience. Lot of patience.
0: <laughs> yeah. How have you seen that play out with the the folks that you ha- have have spoken with and and their experiences? What are the common threads that that you see in people?
1: The common threads of of
0: of that process, like how do people develop their Kind of these understandings of how to how how to maintain relationships.
1: Well, you have to start somewhere. Okay, so might as well start where right where you are, right? So start with where you are. Look around and and you know that that's so, like I had a a um a lady that I was talking to recently, and she was just like, oh, "I got this and this and this and this," and I'm just going crazy, and she's tearing up because just life was just completely overwhelming her in that moment, and she was like, "There's like." I cannot make a decision about anything. Yeah. And, you know, she was talking about like her husband having health issues, her kids have, you know, issues. She was talking about, you know, her job had issues at her job. And she's and she's sitting there and she's just tears are streaming down her face. And she said, I just, I I'm I, I'm immobilized. I cannot do anything. And it was just real simple of like, okay, so just brain down. You know, you're carrying all this around in your head and you just throw everything on a, you know just get it at least out of your head for a minute. You know, just just at least give yourself a little bit of a breather and just brain dump for a little bit on a piece of paper or something and just kind of everything and anything that, you know, you, you forgot to feed the dog today. You forgot to pay the PG&E bill. You know, you forgot to do, you know, just everything. Write it down, write it down. Just write down anything that pops into your head that's, that's causing you to stay awake at night because she hadn't slept in several days because she was just completely overwhelmed. And it was just like, all right. So you just look at all that stuff and then kind of figure out something you can do right now. Like what's one thing you can do like we're sitting here right now. Let's let's find one thing you can you can pull out of that stack of a million things that are weighing you down and do one thing. Just take a step because you're immobilized. And until you take a step, you're gonna be immobilized in that in that same spot. And it was just like Well, you know, I can't do anything else until I find out how my my job's going to change our insurance. So, well, how do you find that out? Well, I have to talk to this person. Well, it's a weekend. I can't talk to him. Well, who do you know that might know, you know, because California law is different than everybody else's laws and different than federal law. So it's like, who do you know that, you know, would be able to understand California law on that, what they can legally and illegally not do? And she was like, oh, I have this friend. And I was like, so what can you do right now? And she's like, I can call my friend and just find out what they legally can't do. And it was like, pick up a phone, make a call. And next day she comes to me and smiles and she says, nothing else has been changed. But that one thing was enough to just get me to step forward. And now I can see, okay, the next thing I need to do is this. The next thing I need to do this. Sometimes we're just stuck in our own. Our own stuff, so we're so mired in it, we can't see outside of our own stuff, and so sometimes we just have to have either somebody else that can come along and just say, "I'm gonna grab an arm with you, and and we're gonna pull together and get out of this," or I'm just gonna, you know, be a shoulder to cry on, or you know, go to somebody and say, "I need help." And 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 I think we're afraid to ask for help sometimes because it makes us look weak, you know. But it's like, no, the people that ask for help are the strongest people I know.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. People.
1: No, and so
0: well you, i love i love what you say about about you know picking one picking one thing to work on and then and if, and if that's an overwhelming thing inviting somebody else into that process because it seems to me that particularly when we find ourselves in that that uh sort of mental loop uh of being overwhelmed there's no amount of kind of like personal work That can be done. It seems to get us out of that cycle. We need some other input, and that's and that some and that that other person to come out and say, "Okay, wait a second. Let me let me pull you forward. Let me show the way." Because I've I've certainly been in a place exactly in places you've described where it's like there's so much. It's all overwhelming, and and it's like the simplest of decisions are completely beyond my capacity. And I'm Mm -hmm. not a stupid guy. Mm -hmm. I've uh and and it's and it's interesting that they 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 talk of you know psychologists talk about this idea of you have know, got a hundred percent capacity for decision making, and every decision that we that we make in our in our day pulls from that same that same space, whether it's what should I wear in the morning or should I brush my teeth now or should I brush my teeth after I have coffee you know the little things like that, and then there are these big things that we have to take care of, which are. Which are it's like, uh, uh, you know, almost like outline form where it's like, and point B has five hundred subpoint, and 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 to your point of like, if we don't write these things down, if we don't get it out of our mind, we're spending all of this mental energy juggling them simply to prioritize, which is a decision in and of itself. So we're holding all of this stuff in our heads, not trying to balance it all while just trying to prioritize, while trying to make a decision on any like what should I do now. And and it's it's just gridlock. It is the it's uh it's an engine that has burned itself out and it's just stuck. The car is not going to move. You got to pull that engine out. Right. You got to get somebody in there to 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 really make some profound change. And that's not going to come from the person who's overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, Right. Right. Well, that's what happens. I mean, you have it, it to the maybe not the extreme is the wrong word. I just can't think of the word I'm looking for. But you have people being hospitalized because of indecision because um, life just completely overtakes you. It's like, you you, you know, you, you just, your your body mentally breaks down and, you know, they can't figure out what's wrong with me. When nothing's particularly wrong with you. You're just, you, you're at that point where you just need help and it's okay to ask for it. I th- I think it's a shame that that society has made it to where if you ask for help, it, it's like, you know, you gotta hide the fact that you need, you know, you know, that we're not, we're not white or woman well, or in your case, I start to say Wonder Man, but that's not a Superman. There we go.
0: Take it Wonder <laughs> Man. <laughs> Wonder
1: man, it makes me think of bread when you say it like that.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: but we have to, we have to have this mask on where we've got it all together. And and you know, I can't speak for guys. I can only say what my my husband kind of tells me. But you know, it's like you know, as women, we have to be able to be the the ultimate mom, the ultimate wife, the ultimate career woman. We've got to be able to, you know, do all these things and we got to look good doing it, you know, and, and, you know, if you don't, it's like, oh, you know, and we, we, we tear each other down that, you know, women are sometimes vicious to one another. They tear each other down. And, and it's like, why are we doing this to each other? Why aren't we just, why aren't we building each other up? Why aren't we saying it's okay to need help? It's okay to, to be broken that that's i think that's the thing is that i don't want to be broken i mean who wants to be broken but we all are we first of all we live in a broken world and you know how can you not be broken when there's brokenness all around you and there's pain every day there's all and then there's all this stuff coming at you just constantly and and we're trying to be these super humans instead of just being humans taking one step at a time living in the moment you know, and, and it's, it's easier said than done. I mean, I can sit here and say, we need to live in the moment. We need to live in the moment. And then tomorrow I may be, you know, pulling my hair out because there's dishes in my sink and, you know, my, I got to get my kids here and there and I got, you know, and I'm yelling at my husband because, you know, this, that, or the other, but it's, it's just, it is, I mean, it's a process. You have to just keep working. You have to keep working on yourself. You have to keep letting things go that, that, that do not, that does, how, how can I word this? You have to let the things go. You have to learn to let things go and something may fall apart. And I think a lot of times that's my, that's my fear personally is if if I, if I stop these spinning plates, what's going to hit the ground? And it's like, well, as long as at the end of the day, it isn't my marriage, (laughs) it isn't my Losing my children, you know, what else really, truly has that level of importance in my life? Not much. Not much.
0: Yeah. it seems that a framework for uh prioritization in it would would be helpful for folks. I've heard a couple of things one um in terms of worrying about things which t- tends to be a tends to be we've got a question mark and no answer to one of the you know a decision or something like that needs to be made um is if it won't matter five years from now, don't give it five minutes now
1: yeah
0: um which Long is interesting
1: years from now what's
0: that that's true well
1: not matter five years from now not this laundry I'm just kidding
0: let it let it let it amass itself and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a that'll be a problem five years from now
1: <laughs> <Just kidding.
0: laughs> but it's, it's it does seem that we we tend to uh i'll speak for myself the closer we become to being overwhelmed the the more ten, the greater tendency there is to believe that all things have the same priority Mm -hmm. because, because there's too many, um, urgent and important matters. If we were going to, you know, that idea of the, the, you know, urgency and importance, I won't, I can't make my, my little, my little diagram here. Right. But there's, there's urgent and important. And when everything's urgent and important, we have a problem, Mm -hmm. uh, because now, you know, what is the priority? Well, it's all important. It all has to be done.
1: If everything is urgent and important, then nothing is urgent and important.
0: Yeah, that's Dave brings the... up. Dave up an interesting comment here. He was talking with his wife recently about imposter syndrome, uh, and he he wrote that comment when you were talking about uh, ha- having as a as a you know wife mother having to be all things, and do them all well, uh, when in fact it's sort of a that's sort of crazy town. Nobody can be all things and do all things well. And yet we set our expectations internally that we have to, where do you think, where do you think those expectations develop? What is it inside of us knowing that, knowing that is our own, we're in charge of our own feelings. Where do you see that type of, that type of feeling developing? Why, why do people develop that?
1: Like a limiting belief system, basically. Um, I think that comes a lot of times from definitely from experience, but sometimes even childhood experience. But what happens is you, somebody says something to you, something mean in school. And, you you know, do you, I don't know about you, but a lot of my childhood memories when uh, there are some good ones, but there's a lot of them that are hurtful. You know, I remember the first time, you know, a friend, you know, stabbed me in the back, that type of thing. You know, I, I remember that. And it's like, why do I remember that? Because I internalized it. For a long, long time. It took me a long time to not let that hurt feeling from when I was 14 hurt me now that I'm not 14. And I think a lot of times we we start internalizing some of the things that are said. And and um I know that like for a long time I was thinking, man, you know, my mom has real high expectations. And, I, you know, she's just this amazing, strong woman. And she's just got these high expectations. And I just always felt like she never made me feel this way. But I felt that I don't, I don't know if I could ever live up to them. And so in my mind, I built up her expectations higher than what she was expecting. And so the expectations I had for myself were way higher than she expected. And I couldn't hit the ones, I couldn't hit them what I thought originally, how in the world are I going to hit the ones where I was building them higher and higher and higher? And I think so we feed our unrealistic expectations. And then every time somebody says something that triggers that memory or triggers that feeling, here goes another layer of expectation on top. And eventually, you know, yeah, I've got to get through my to-do list. I've got 812 things I have to do today. All right. When I wake up this morning, 812 things are on my to-do list. Of course, I don't have 812, but just use that as an example. 812 things on my to-do list when I get up at 5 a.m by 6 a.m there's an additional 812 things that I also need to do today you know and then it's like oh by 9 a.m let's add this 1800 other things that somebody else has placed on me and and then I've got to do it all it's not even realistic when you think about it like that I mean how in the world there's only 24 hours in a day and you got to sleep you got to eat you got to do all those things we just keep building these expectations onto ourselves and no one can live up to them, especially us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dave brings up an interesting question here. And I'm, I'm admittedly having a hard time piecing this one together. You think it can come from a lack of appreciation as well. So in imposter syndrome or, or feeling like we're not good at something, um, a lack of appreciation, I, I guess in my mind, I look at that and think, well, if if we're not willing to, uh, or willing to hear, or willing to admit that we're good at something, we tend to not walk into that. I The example I use is I, during, around Christmas time, um, I thought I'd do something cool with Coffee with Humans. Uh, I thought it was cool. And so I decided to sing Christmas carols um, and, and read poetry and whatever on Coffee with Humans. For a special Christmas episode, just as a way to give back to the community of people who have been so kind to be on Coffee with Humans, and I was driving around in my car with my daughter, and she and and uh, I said, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do," and I was excited about it, and I was just cheering, and uh, and she's like, "Why, why are you going to do that?" And uh, I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I mean, I thought it'd be nice. I thought people would have a good time. I'm I'm good at singing. Uh, it, you know, people people tend to like to listen to it." And she looked at me, she's like, Oh, humble. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, she's 14 at 10. And um and instead of getting all pissed off or something like that, I looked, I was I I I looked at it, I was like, Well, I said, owning one's strengths is really important. You should mm-hmm. we should oh, be able to say what we're good at. There's there's uh I said that is totally different than if I were to say I'm going to sing, because I'm so much better than you. That would, not be that would be, you know, being a real jackass. But I was like, we, but I I said, you you ought to, you know, I told her, I said, you ought to know what your strengths are as well. And here's some, some that I see. And if you know, you know I said, what I know is that if you, be- if you see the things in you as a strength, you will develop those and get better at them. If, if instead you look at the things that you're, you're good at and you're like, huh. I'm not really good at that, or I'm good at that, but don't tell anybody. Nobody's going to know. You're never going to walk into that. And I've, I know for myself, as soon as I started labeling some of these things about uh, some of these things strengths, I was able to develop those in ways that I wasn't able to develop them before because I was I was actually unwilling to step into um, step into my own uh, space. There's a Carolyn McHugh. Uh, she's got a great TED talk out there. It, she she has a quote that I hope I don't uh, screw this up. It goes something like, um, "People don't take up nearly the space the universe intended for them, or most some like most of us don't take up nearly the space the universe for us, as as though we are great at something, could be better at it, and we 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 refuse to walk into that space." Mm-hmm. A variety of reasons, maybe because, like Dave, you know, Dave points out here, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? I don't want, I don't want somebody to see, you know, see me as arrogant, or I don't want to experiment with this thing because, you know, I'm, I'm just getting better at it. And what if I fail? They're all going to laugh at me because, you know, sure enough, I still can't play guitar. That type of, you know, it's, it, I, I feel like it comes from a handful of places, but we don't take up that space. And I think that that imposter syndrome is maybe a way of, of uh, broad brushing that and it works into the lack of appreciation too. People, you know, if, if you don't show that we're good at something and people are unwilling to compliment and say, Hey, I see that great thing in you. Then where do we go from there?
1: Now I'm not a, I always tell people I'm not a gracious gift acceptor.
0: Oh,
1: so people How will so? Put me up something and I'll go. okay. Thank you and i always tell my husband what do i what am i supposed to say say thank you like you actually mean it you know like oh thank you you know it's okay but i'm like you sure that's not like arrogant like you you know you do this What? well thank you you know it's like i just kind of okay thank you um and then i I think in my mind what do they want
0: (laughs) oh do you yeah
1: what is just kidding (laughs) yeah i
0: do sometimes i'm i'm the same way it takes yes. effort sometimes to just say, thank you. Uh, and because, you know, if people, ca- if people say, well, Hey, you know, um, and actually, you know, as part of where it comes from with me is I'm afraid to show people I'm so excited because I don't want to find out that you're not excited, you know? So, so I, it almost feels like being let down, right. It feels like rejection. And so when, when somebody says, Hey, that, you know, great job on that. I think, mm. Do you mean it? Do you not mean it? Are you just are you just making small talk here? And you know, or are you really engaged? Because I think it's super cool. i love to, you know, I would love to get involved in this. Dave, thanks for joining us. Um Dave is a Dave's a great, great friend of mine um from the uh Wisconsin area. Nice. But yeah, what do you so I, I like that thought that trade just brought up there with accepting compliments because it is a real issue for people. And I wonder if it does circle back around all of these insecurities in ourselves.
1: Yeah. I think I was raised too, that you were, you know, you, you, um, you give to others, you know, and you don't expect anything in return. You know, you, you, you know, it's, it's a good way to be raised, you know, I raise my own kids that way, you know, to, to give and, you know, but I also want to raise them that it's okay, like you said earlier, to develop those strengths, to be good in areas. It's okay to be, you know, know you're good at something, it, you know, and like earlier we said, it's a fine line between, you know, being good at something and, and, you know, touting to the world that you're good at something you know, but I I think, you know, people can get on TV and and do reality shows that are beyond stupid and, you know, and and make money doing, you know, this ridiculous way of life, then why can't we encourage our kids to step into the things that are are truly world-changing and impacting? You know, I think that that's, when you were talking earlier, that thought that popped into my head is, you know, not only should we not hide our strengths, but the world actually needs us to live in them. We actually, somebody needs you to step into that strength area. They are desperate for someone to show them something that you have that you can actually give back to them. And, you know, it's like when you kind of look at it that way, it's like, wow, you know, somebody told me yesterday, said it's actually an insult. It's actually an insult to our creator that, you know, we don't walk in the fullness of what we are created to be. And I was like, wow, that's kind of like guilt, but that, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> so it's like, thanks. I'll get over the other part. Now I've got guilt, <laughs> but you know, it's, I, it, you know, I, I joke, but it, you know, there's a lot of, I think we do, we, we, we can't accept something, you know, can't accept ourselves being good in an area. Then we step out and somebody, May not like it or or discourages us. We step back, and then you know it's like we we get afraid to step into that into that fullness that we can live in, and then you know that somebody else comes along and says, "What are you doing?" You know you you step into that, and I think that's where it's real important too that we surround ourselves with the right kind of people, that we the voices we do hear are people that are, um, that are encouraging, um, and not and not just back patters you know I I'm, I'm like anybody else you now I might have pat on the back but I don't I don't need everybody when I when I do get up to play the guitar which I cannot you know and strum along on it for them to go oh great job Picture yeah. somebody who's willing to say hey maybe that's not your strength area <laughs> why don't we right. do that instead so
0: yeah no that's a good point yeah the the it I I, I really like that thought of you're actually doing the world a disservice mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're not being, uh, it's terrible that song, then be all that you can be, find future in the, in the army. army. there was a song, right? But, yeah. but, you know, people played off that thing It's it's like, yeah, be all that you can be. And it seems to be to to me, and I don't know, you, you mentioned that I hear you write that you work with teens, teens with and families.
1: Parents of teens. With
0: parents. Okay. Yeah. And so you must, you must see uh, how kids nowadays maybe struggle with this concept of as well of how, how do they walk into their, you know, into their greatness, into the fullness of what they, of what they could be, because they also, there's, there seems to be a, um, a pressure. It, it seems not, there's no space for, for development it you know, or, or ease of development. It's like pressure, go do something go achieve you know go get be be something anything but they don't there's no space for just like well right. it's okay to wander a bit and not have your your shit together because you know i mean because the, there's that kind of dirty little secret though as soon as you grow up you realize that everybody's just making something up where you know we do we just we don't really know what we're doing all the time uh, so why would we ask a child did. to
1: what do they call it? The highlight reel on Facebook. You know, we get on Facebook and we watch, we watch other people and then we're jealous because they're showing their, you know, they're like, uh, I have to admit, I get jealous when I see people's pictures of Hawaii. You know, oh, we got a vacation in Hawaii. And it's like, I've been wanting to go to Hawaii my whole life and have not yet gone. I will eventually, we're going to go on our 25th anniversary, but the world shut down. So we weren't able to go anywhere. Um, and so we didn't end up doing it, but eventually we'll go. But I look at the pictures and I'm like, oh man, that's so, you know, but then the same couple that's putting up these pictures of themselves, you know, cuddle up in front of the beach or whatever else. I, I know them and I know that they don't like each other. And I'm here in my hometown with my husband that I actually like. And so it's like, I'd rather have my everyday home life with the husband that I like than have the trip to Hawaii, you know, cause I'm seeing their their highlight reel. I'm seeing what they want me to see. You're not seeing the truth when you see that. And I think that it's so, it's so unfair to our kids. You know, it's unfair to the adults, but I mean, we're adults and we can kind of begin to sort through it and go, you know, well, it's not the way it seems. Not that we're going, yeah, well, you're just having a good time in Hawaii and faker, you know, we're just, you know, we're, I'm just saying that we know the truth a lot of times behind the picture. A kid looks at the same picture and says, well, Why can't, why does our family do those things? Why doesn't, you know, why, why can't we? And then their friends tell, oh, you know, I've got the latest this and the latest that. And, you know, we're saying, well, yeah, you can have the latest this or latest that. My daughter's like, you know, I want to drive, I want to buy a car. Well, get a job and buy yourself one, you know, but this person's mom, you know, bought them a car that's nice for that person's mom. You know, I'm not that person or that person's mom you're going to work and get a car. You know, that's just how it, how it is here. And, and I think that's part of how I feel about they need to learn responsibility. So that's, how, that's why we do things the way we do. But it's so unfair to our kids because they see the highlight reel and they think that's what they're supposed to be. I think the saddest thing I heard this last week, my daughter said to me, and she's 14, and she said, um, I like this new group of friends I'm hanging out with. And I said, oh yeah, really? And she said, yeah, they're just really nice and they treat me real well. She said, and the best part about it is I can actually be myself. I don't have to pretend to be somebody else like I was with my last group of friends. Mm-hmm. And I said, why in the world would you ever pretend to be somebody else? You are beautiful the way you are. you know." And of course, I get the mom, you have to say that you're my mom, you know, kind of thing. But it's like, you know, why would, why do we, why do we have a society that tells our kids they have to be they have to look a certain way. They have to be a certain way. They have to act a certain way instead of being the individual awesome people that they are. And yeah, I think it's, it's really sad to watch because that's why you're having the kids that, you know, I mean, I I don't want to get all grim, but I mean, how many, how many kids took their life this last year?
0: Yeah.
1: Because it's they, a real problem. it's a real problem. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have the answer of course, but I, I think, you know, it, something has got to give something has got to say it's okay to to ask for help you know like i've been saying this whole time people think it's weak to ask for help and that's what they're passing on to their kids they won't ask for help so the kids won't ask for help and what does a kid do because they can't reason through things they they do a permanent solution to a temporary problem and it, it just it's it's horrible it's horrible and and so that's just i'm constantly and, and and like i said i definitely don't have all the answers i don't do all the right things but i'm constantly just telling my kids you know this is a season you'll get through this you're always feel this way you know you just feel this way right now but i promise you one day you know you will feel what you're longing for you'll you'll be the person you're longing to be and it's like i wish i could i i knew how to get that through them quicker and easier but you know, I, I think all of us need to step up and tell our kids that, you know, it's okay to need help. It's okay to be original, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, circling back around to your topic of, of maintaining relationships at the speed of light, this idea of, of taking care of the, you know, taking care of the people that are in our, in our sphere of influence today, uh, rather than, um, you know, pushing for achievements uh, because as you as you talked about, those achievements tend to be uh, tend to not hold much weight uh, when there's no one else there to share it with, mm-hmm. uh, and and who who really has achieved anything great in their life on the on their own? Anyhow, that's never been done. Never. And so the 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 it seems uh, maybe a point to bring out in this is that when there's a tendency. So in our, in our interpersonal relationships, when there's a tendency or a technology or something where we feel like we have to pr- portray something that's not real, walk away from that, like purge that, purge that from your life until you know how to use it in a way that allows you to not have to shift and, sh- and, and sh- oh, like shapeshift, like be like morph and bob and weave and become somebody different in that moment, because that's not helping you it yeah. it that that is only hurting you and your relationships when you have to try and be somebody that you're not for the sake of somebody else because it's all because really what it is it's something that's happening in uh-huh. you know in us that is that, that that feeling is coming from inside it's not the people it's not their issue they don't uh-huh. even know they right. you know that that's come that that's coming from inside us and that that it''s like I think the question is why, and then go seek somebody out and have the conversations that need to be had so that you can understand that, um, and allow, allow interactions to point those things out to us and then go take the steps to, to make the change.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. We have to get out of our own head.
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: You can't get out of your own way until you get out of your own head. You have to get that, you have to get that belief system, you know, and, and, and I personally can say it's a process. Even now, you know, like all the things that, you know, oh, this and this and this. But it's a process to constantly remind myself, whoa, 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 don't go back there. (laughs) No step back. Just forward, just forward. And so. Yeah,
0: totally. Well, people can contact you at LinkedIn, you said?
1: LinkedIn's probably the easiest place to find me, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's all. And you
0: do do relationship um, coaching, counseling?
1: Uh, my title is generational relationship expert. So yeah, anything dealing with that awesome. of relationships. Um, I usually try to try to, to uh, yeah, work on relationship stuff. Sorry, I lost my train of
0: thought. <laughs> That's all right. No, I I spy, I spot. I mean, this is a live show, right? And for viewers and listeners who are joining us uh, here, here at the end, you know, coffee with you with this is live. Candid conversations between strangers who become friends. I, uh I met Rebecca about fifty five minutes ago, and we have just been meeting each other talking about i think something important to life in the world and uh here online so you're 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 joining us for this candid of conversation so um no i copy, uh, copy edit <laughs> there's no there's no editing on this one no it's it's uh all mistakes are are baked in like the sourdough I just <laughs> made it i it should be like it. It should be sourdough. I should have like a, you know, nice sourdough loaf. Instead, I think I let it overproof, and it's about an inch and a half thick, um, which is which makes for a delicious Christini.
1: But go. I did
0: not anticipate. I wasn't shooting for crostini.
1: One meal is opposed to the whole week. Huh?
0: Yeah. Yes, and I'm I'm a sourdough fanatic. Sometimes, if I get in the mood and I'll finish that whole, whole loaf in a day. Um, but it slows me down when it's, uh, when it's so thick and dead. All right. Well, uh, to our viewers and listeners, thanks for joining us at Coffee with Humans. Live candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Catch us frequently as we live stream to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and more. Uh, and Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me on Coffee with Humans. I love this conversation and I think it's so necessary for our world. So thanks for what you do and uh, yeah, catch catch Rebecca on LinkedIn. Thank you, Jason. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember. The only rule is no sales calls.